Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh, how so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products. Like buying back your Ikea items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com circular. Visit ikea-usa.com circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. We're back. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. It's Friday, November 3rd. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Dude Hates Kenny Pickett Bets. You know, what a game from, from Kenny last night on Thursday Night Football. And what a game for Will Levis, by the way, too. I mean, everything that we play? thought it would be. Yeah, everything we thought it would be. It was just, it was that and more. So, yeah, what a night, man. And, and Henry, who could forget what Henry did? <laughs> I know, that was crazy, wasn't it? And Chig? Man, that play by Chig. I'll always remember that. Uh, no, we that record this. <laughs> we record this on Thursday afternoon, so it's kind of a sweat for us, but Betts and I decided to double body bag Kenny Pickett. He could have body bagged us, for all we know. I know. For all we know, you guys listen to this. You guys are idiots. How dare you take the under on Kenny Pickett coming off a rib injury on Thursday night? So, we'll see. This is going to look funny when he comes out and throws for like 303 randomly <laughs> and just, like I said, buries us. But yeah, we have the, the under, uh, or we had, I guess, by the time you're listening to this, under on Pickett's attempts and his completions. The lines were uh, a little iffy this week. They seemed wrong to me. So we took them, but I guess we'll find out <laughs> by the time you're listening if this is right or wrong. Yeah, and Kenny Pickett, stat front that hopefully is still alive, but he has one multi-touchdown game. In his career, so yeah, I mean, I what we're not so, yeah. scared. We're not scared at all of Kenny Pickett. No, I'm not scared of Kenny Pickett. Hey, I'm not scared of Aiden O'Connell, Kyle, uh, Jaron Hall, uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, who else you want to talk about this week? PJ Walker, Tyson Bajan. I mean, those are the boys this week, dude. It's gonna be crazy out there in the, in the, the DFS streets. I mean, think about you're growing up thinking I want to play in the NFL, go to college. You're a dime a dozen. Let's be honest, like. There are a few true franchise quarterbacks that are living right now, and you, for at least a brief moment, get to tell your kids one day, hey, I started in the NFL. My, I got to throw a few snaps. My name is Tommy DeVito. You know, I played for the Giants. And, and then, then the, your grandson will raise your hand like, hey, don't I have more passing yards than you, Grandpa? Because you, you pass for negative yards. They'll ask to see his, his highlights one day. <laughs> They're like, well, son, 
there wasn't one. <laughs> There's not a single highlight of me playing. But I promise you, if you go on the internet, you can find proof that I started NFL, or I played an NFL football game. That's what it's like. So, man, what a week. This slate is just, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I love it. I'm excited. I think it's a kind of rough cash slate yes. because it feels like you make one wrong decision and you're done. But like in tournaments, you can do you can do whatever you want this week and you could talk me into it because of, of the state of the slate. So I'm excited to break it down. When we talk through our cash picks, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling kind of grumpy because I'm seeing the same names pop up everywhere. And if you guys know Kyle, speaking about myself in third person, when I start to see things go a certain way and everyone's going down the same train, I basically say I'm jumping off this train. Who knows if I'm going to fall in the water? I just, I can't do it. So there's a couple of names I'm, I want to bring up later, Pop Douglas, and say, good chalk, bad chalk. Is this something we need to fade? We'll talk about him in just a second. So we're glad you're with us. DFSPass.com. We say it every week, not because, you know, our the owners of our company are saying, you better plug this every single week. It's because Bets and I, it's our labor of love. This is what we put our time and effort into, and we don't charge any anymore. I don't know why we don't move this to a monthly subscription. I mean, I mean... I know people listening right now would be like, please, 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 please charge me more. Please make this a monthly subscription so I could just, you know, have this come out of my bank account each week. That is a stupid move on our part. We give one price for the season and that's it. You don't pay for it again. In fact, you get to recoup that money if you play cash the right way. We think you can do that through our tools, through our articles, through our picks, everything else. So go to dfspass.com. We're giving 33% off because... We don't like making good choices, so that's our thing. But cash time it is. Straight cash, homie. On Tuesday's podcast, Betts and I were privy to certain information based on what was happening at that time. And now we are talking to you from the future where we have choices such as Aiden O'Connell and... uh, Whoever else, what kind of bum we want to throw out there. So on Tuesday, we talked about Dak, Jalen Hurts, Lamar. Those seem like the top three. And then when we get to game stacking, we can talk about Geno. If you want to stack Geno, that's fine. Derek Carr, it's kind of interesting as well. But in cash, I'm really only seeing two options for me right now. I've whittled it down to Dak or the mustache man himself, Aiden O'Connell. And you played around with some lineups too with AOC, so... Do you have any thoughts? Well, we have a 100% hit rate in cashing this year, Kyle, when we've played Aiden O'Connell. So I think you just follow you follow the trend, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, he's 4,500 taking on the Giants. And this is one where like, you know, just rationally talking through it, it does not feel good because of the state of the Raiders. They're on a short week. They have a new head coach, NOC, and quarterback, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's just... Everything about it is like, this doesn't feel great. But if you look at projections and just the math, he actually projects okay at his price point. And that's really what it's about is, is okay. Is if he gives you 12, 13, 14 points at this price, that's really what it's about. Because if you do play him, which I have, I'm considering, I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I'm considering it. You can fit AJ Brown, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Like you can actually put together a, a very star-studded lineup if that's how you want to build I'm not sure if that's where I'll go yet, but like I said, that's kind of where we're at with AOC, the mustache man. Um, the tricky thing, though, is that Josh Jacobs projects very well, and 
the Giants defense is in consideration at their price point at 2.3. So like, I, I think it's just a decision tree. Like you always talk about Kyle of, if you do this, then what do you do with the rest of your lineup? And if you play him, I don't want to play the Giants D. I don't want to play Josh Jacobs. So like, that's kind of where I'm at. I think he's in play, but I'm with you. I like Dak Prescott a lot this week, man. This is the game of the week. Clearly, uh, we always like to say we follow the money in terms of where these totals are going. This was bet up since we last talked uh, by a full point up to 47 points in this game against Philly. And teams just don't don't try to run on the Eagles anymore. They're just throwing. The Eagles are facing the uh, third most pass attempts per game this year. And Dak is playing at an extremely high level. I mentioned this on Tuesday, seventh in quarterback efficiency. And in this matchup, he has succeeded in the past, averaging 293 yards and 3.7 touchdowns in his last three games against Philly. So my lean right now is to play Dak over Aiden O'Connell. But I understand if you want to go down there and make it work from a math perspective. Yeah, my lean is Dak as well on this as of this recording. And I still need to play around with a few more teams. But I went back and looked at week four. That's when we did recommend Aiden O'Connell. And he was 4K. So a little different, you know, just slight different in price. Also, the other quarterbacks on that slate were Anthony Richardson, who got hurt. Russell Wilson was somebody we recommended. And then it, it was it was pretty tough. Like you had to pay for Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. So it's a little different. Also, in that matchup, the Chargers were out. Uh, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. That's kind of why that led us to that conclusion. But I think Dak just seems like the safe play. If if Dak was like 7,200, which is like my gut level, like, oh, that should be his price. It'd be different. But 6,500 is great in cash. You feel safe. And you mentioned the numbers. So I think he's good. On FanDuel, I just really like Lamar. I'm probably going to be playing Lamar there at, at 8.6 where the pricing's a little different. So at quarterback this week, in our best plays, we will have some of the other options. And we won't just say, play Dak. We'll say, here's you know what you could do in tournaments. Here's some stacking options. And then later on, I'm going to kind of highlight what Lamar needs to do because he is expensive. And Lamar, Lamar's frustrating because you know that he could have any week where he goes for 35 plus points. And then he puts up a stinker like last week where it was less than 12. And it just kind of depends on the game flow. If they get the rushing touchdowns, it's just kind of how fantasy works is variance. So we'll talk about Lamar and what he has to do at running back. We talked about how Kamara and Saquon are very clear spend up options. You can have lineups with both of them. I think maybe it's just me. I think I want at least one of them in my cash lineup. I think so too. And they're priced uh, pretty close to each other on DraftKings, especially 8,100. For Kamara, seventy nine hundred for Saquon, and I think they project very similar. So, like, I would not stress about this if you can only fit one. You know, if you need to save two hundred bucks and go down to Saquon, I think it's totally fine. Uh, if you have the extra two hundred and you want to get up to Kamara, also very much in play. Chicago actually has been pretty good in rush defense this yes. year, uh, so it's not necessarily a matchup that we like to attack on the ground for Kamara. But Chicago, where they are struggling, is against the pass two running backs they're giving up a ton of receptions and yards to rbs and that's what alvin kamara does like we always say this a floor of three to four maybe five catches kind of just feels like it's in the range of outcomes every week for kamara and when that happens on DraftKings, it's very hard for those players to fail and you know on a slate where like we have minimal confidence in a lot of these quarterbacks that are playing at least Derek carr is competent right like we know he's a starting quarterback in the nfl and he can move the ball 
against the Bears. So I think I, I like Kamara quite a bit, but man, Saquon just getting so much usage. It's been unreal since he's returned. His touch counts in his last three games, 28, 24, and then this is skewed because of the uh, Tommy slash Danny DeVito experience, 39 in his last three games. But like the bottom line is he is the offense. So if you need to save 200 bucks, I don't think you should feel bad about that at all. Yeah, the only issue I have with Saquon is I also really like Josh Jacobs in this game, who's at 6.9. So I won't be playing both of those running backs in cash together, but I think they're both really good plays. So you brought up the Bears, and I, I was like, okay, why is this defense like showing up so well? Because the Bears are 28th in points allowed. Did you know they're giving up the lowest yards per carry in the league? 3.3? Yeah. Like it's... Yeah, it's it, wild because we think about the Bears just being like they'll lay down and they're terrible, right? But they actually have been pretty good against their own. Yeah, the, my only concern is that we have seen with the Saints like a little bit more usage for the Jamal Williams, Kendry Miller, Taysom Hill. Like there are other like if you combine all of those, that is another running back this team is using and that's siphoning some of the carries. Now, you mentioned it's passing work. It's all we care about. His price isn't too expensive. So 8,100 is fine. So that's my only hole I want to poke in Kamara. If you already have him in your lineup, I get it. Uh, but he's not a slam dunk to me like he was last week when he was, what, like 7,300? Yeah, I think that's what he was. Yeah, so uh, Kamara, Saquon, Josh Jacobs are probably our favorite of the higher price on DraftKings. And then the cheaper guys, Chuba Hubbard at 5K, just because they apparently, their goal was to pay Miles Sanders and not play him, which... Hey, congrats. You are winning if that is your goal, but that is just a weird thing. Two touches last week. But Chuba ranks number one in the NFL in rush success rate. That That's taking into account downs, first downs, everything else. Like Chuba's been great. So he's somebody that's interesting. Are you interested in three running back builds this week? I am. And I think the way you make that work is you got to play one of these cheapies that we're going to talk about. And one of those guys is Chuba, who, you know, we like that game environment. We're going to talk about it with the Colts and Panthers. Um, like you said, Miles Sanders came out last week. He touched the ball twice and Chuba Hubbard was the dude. The tricky thing on this is like, I would not be shocked at all. If all of a sudden they're like, okay, Sanders is another week healthier. Like let's, let's make this more of a 50, 50 split. I don't think anyone should be shocked by that. So I have a little concern in the back of my mind if that could happen, but the efficiency stuff like you talked about, Chuba has been good this year and Miles Sanders has been one of the worst backs in football. So uh, I like it at the price. I like the fact that it's a good game environment and the matchup is certainly there. They're in 26, the Colts do, and schedule adjusted points to running back. So I totally get it on Chuba. The other cheapy that we just need to monitor is Devin Singletary, or we always call him Devin Singletary. And he's 4.3. Damian Pierce has missed the last two days of practice. So we'll get practice reports for Friday. Bets will monitor that in the Injury Blitz podcast. But the speculation based on beat writers is that it's trending towards him missing this week. So Singletary at 4.3 at home against the Buccaneers. Is that on your radar? I think it's on your radar for cash games. Um, I don't think he's the talent, most talented guy in the world, but he's 4.3, right? So like this is kind of the conversation we always talk about in cash is this is not going to be what loses your week for you in cash if the field is playing him. If he's very popular and you can fit in AJ Brown, CD Lamb, whoever else you want, like he's probably worth playing, right? In that scenario. The tricky thing is the opportunity cost is if you occupy one of your running back spots with this guy and he fails and Saquon and Kamara go nuts, 
or Jacobs goes nuts, that's going to be a really tough fade on those guys to get Singletary in your lineup. So my lean right now is like, I don't think you absolutely need him, especially with all the quarterback value, Dax value, you know, and, and that's how I want to build. So I think he's okay, but I don't think he's a necessary point to have in your lineup. Yeah, I, I would agree. I not going to lie. I hate the value on this slate, like at, at wide receiver, there's yeah, a bad. bunch of guys that are going to project fine on PPR, but their floors are doo-doo, man. Like I, I we'll talk about the wide receivers. I just don't love builds where I am punting at least two wide receiver spots with, you know, low a dot want like there's a bunch of Wandale types this week, and I hate playing Wandale himself. Older. Actually, Wandale himself <laughs> is showing up as himself. He's playing his role, so <laughs> you can uh, mix and match if you're playing Singletary or Chuba. Just compare the projections, uh, compare the opportunities uh, uh, in your lineup. And FanDuel, I want to mention, I think Josh Jacobs is an elite play at 7.5 on FanDuel. Tony Pollard, we'll talk about the game. It's just so cheap. It's so cheap to look at a running back on FanDuel on a really good team that is only 6.6. Like We know Tony Pollard, from the expected points standpoint, is there. He should have a better run out in terms of game script. But the defense is tough, so Tony Pollard's good. And then Ramondre Stevenson, his tag stands out to me at 6.2 as well at home against Washington. So those are the FanDuel plays. Let's go to wide receiver. And the names you put down, I, I agree with all of them as cash plays. I, I would say at least three of them I hate. Like, I, do, I just don't like these players. And yet, I probably will end up playing them in cash. So run down your, your wide receivers you want to mention. Yeah, I think the names you're talking about, we'll start at the bottom this week, actually, <laughs> is Wandale Robinson, who is 3,500 taking on the Raiders. Uh, this is about Darren Waller being out. And, you know, they kind of run their routes in the middle of the field, same area. Um, Wandale is a guy that you can probably peg in for somewhere in the range of like 20 to 22% of the targets this week, but it might result in five for 40, right? Like very, I think, terrible GPP play. But like totally fine in cash if it makes it work for you. Pop Douglas, on the other hand, is the new hotness this week. He's uh, he's he going to be probably top five uh, most popular plays on the slate. Which on a slate without value, he kind of sticks out at four K. If Devontae Parker misses, and you know Kendrick Bourne's out for the year, they clearly don't love Juju that much. Uh, there's a chance Kayshawn Booty is playing in this game. I, I mean, I want to give a someone's little pushback. Someone's got to catch the football in this game, I, right? I watched the tape. And by oh, the no. tape, I watched the presser of Mac Jones and what he said. <laughs> and they asked him, hey, who's going to replace Kendrick Bourne? First name out of his mouth, Juju Smith-Schuster, which is I would hope that's the first name he says after they paid him an egregious contract. I know. You think they like had a meeting with him like, hey, by the way, you need to say this because he's making a lot of money. I like My issue with Pop Douglas is that everybody's going to want to play him. And at 4K, that's really expensive. Like Josh Downs used to be that kind of price back in the day. We were like, oh, we could play Josh Downs. And he's just a much more talented player than Pop Douglas. The targets per route run, 25%. That's awesome. So I, I just, I want people to temper their expectations to think that this player is some like all-star. Like he's filling in on the worst wide receiver depth chart in the game, right? Like this this is so bad. So he he's he is what he is. He's a little slot wide receiver just like Wandale. So you can play him at 4K, Wandale 3.5, and then can I mention Noah Brown at 3.1, Texans wide receiver? 
Yeah, before we do that, just to be clear, I think Douglas is an absolutely terrible tournament play. So <laughs> just I, that's what you're trying to say, I think, right? Yes. Is like these cheap wide receivers that project because someone has to catch the football. We will always want to bet on talent at wide receiver. And these guys are fine, but they're not really guys that I'm scared that are going to necessarily bury you. So that's Kyle's point is what I'm saying. I think he's fine in cash, but go ahead on Noah Brown. Yeah. And w- I mean, there's so many other pivots around his price point, like DJ Chark. 3.7. Jonathan Mingo is really great. JSN is at 4.3. Brandon Cooks at 4.4. Rashid Shahid at 4.5. Like when you are building your lineup, realize that if you have Pop Douglas in a tournament, sorry, I'm going on a rant here. If you have him and you're using a tournament, you are not only building in chalk, but like the ceiling is probably capped. Now he's probably going to go out and score two, two touchdowns and tell us we're idiots, but there are so many other players that are barely going to be rostered. And I'm seeing in early projections, Pop Douglas is going to be like 25% or something, 20 plus percent. And that's way too high for a player that, I don't know, what what would you put his 99th percent outcome at? Uh, Probably 20 points. That's that, that was the number I had. And I would say the 75% is like 13, 14. Yeah. So, so the point is, he's fine in cash. It's a good matchup. But there are... We've seen this story before many times in DFS where a cheap wide receiver becomes chalk and you just put him in and then you move on and you figure out the rest of your lineup. I think that is the wrong strategy this week with Pop Douglas, who he's got a sweet name. So we got to give him oh, credit yeah. for that. Yeah, for sure. And he was team preseason. Like he's great. Moving up, the Saints wide receivers are interesting. Michael Thomas is another cash play only. Don't love him in tournaments. Can you play Chris Olave? in cash i think so but i don't know that you can have a ton of confidence just if your box were watching but we always tell people look you chase targets in yes cash and you chase targets at their price point and at 6.3 olave you know for what he's capable of doing certainly is too cheap um i think this matchup is one where he can win so i like it i just don't have the best feeling about clicking the button on him which i think a lot of the field might might feel the same way so i guess you can on this slate because it is so gross but i don't necessarily think he's a priority yeah and we might be talking about him a little bit later so so uh yeah chris olave 6.3 6.9 on fanduel both good tags moving up a little bit further just terry mclaurin looks like a great play at 5.6 he's projecting really well if you want to go in that direction but i feel like i want one of these stud wide receivers A.J. Brown, 8.6. C.D. Lamb, 8.2. And then Devontae Adams. Like, last time Aiden O'Connell just said, I'm throwing to Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. So, do you want one of those guys in your lineup? Yeah, Jacobs saw 11 targets the last time Aiden O'Connell started a game, which was awesome. Yes. Um, So, as far as those top three, um, right now, my lean is A.J. Brown, just because of what he's done, which is... Just because he's been awesome. And, you know, we're going to talk about that game uh, as a full game stack. But I think the knee thing for Hertz is real. Like, he didn't run it all last week. He had three design rush attempts. Most of those were just the tush push. He had one scramble. So those were both the lowest marks of the year. So if he's not scrambling as much, there will be more opportunities for uh, Jalen Hurts to throw the football. And A.J. Brown's seeing a 30% target share pretty much every week. So it's hard to argue with that. It kind of feels like... Um, a couple years ago when Cooper Cup was really having his incredible season, 
every week you're like, man, can I keep doing this? Like, can I really keep playing him when he's this price? So you go up 400 bucks, you go up 700 bucks. And like, you kept kind of telling yourself like why you shouldn't play it. And then by the end of the year, we were trying to figure out how to get 9,500 Cooper Cup in our lineup every single week. So like, I still think there's a chance AJ Brown is undervalued at this price point. Yeah, I I, I feel like AJ Brown and CD Lamb are, one of those two will be in my cash lineup. It, yes. it's, it just feels like that's where it's going to be. I I like Adams. I love Adams on FanDuel. He's 8K. And so I, I think I'm going to be playing Jacobs or Adams on FanDuel. They look really good. Um, and then I just need to throw, I mean, we're going to keep talking about Zay Flowers because target share is what we look at targets and then we factor in price. So you can play Zay Flowers. I'm sure a lot of people just say, I don't want to do that after last week. And Mark Andrews is a lot more expensive, but we, we care about those two options on Baltimore. Those look good at tight end. Don't love it. Don't, don't really want to, don't want to click the button. (laughs) I feel like Trey McBride is going to be a chase what happened last week, 39% of the targets. I just, I, I don't know. It's a different quarterback. It's Clayton Toon. So him or Njoku in that game, both are interesting for cash. I think you could do that. I mean, Njoku's had 25% of the targets each of the last two weeks. So that's that's good if it's PJ Walker. Uh, you have Logan Thomas on here, which I mean, I'll just say Logan Thomas is one of the least sexy picks you can make. But he's fourth in routes per game for tight ends. So there's opportunity. If you want to, I, I will not be playing two commanders in my cash lineup, though. I'm not playing McLaurin and Logan Thomas. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, the argument for Thomas is, you know, we've seen him have these games where he'll all of a sudden pop up for eight targets, then 11 targets, you know, and then like one target. So he's every tight end, not named Kelsey Andrews, uh, Ingram, Hawkinson, whoever you want in the elite tier. He's just like everyone else, but Curtis Samuel is trending to miss this game, and if that is the case, again, you could see more of those kind of short area PPR type targets for Logan Thomas. Um, So that's kind of why I have him in here in New England, quietly 26 in schedule adjusted points to tight ends, so the matchup is there on paper anyway, but the price points are terrible, man. Like These guys should all be 3,100 or 2,900. Like it's This is tough, and I hate paying for this type of range, so I'll probably just play the one that fits in my lineup with the salary I have and not stress about it too much. I don't know if you saw in that same game, I wrote up your boy Mike Gesicki as a uh, little dart throw. Mm, tell me, talk to me about it. I, he plays tight end. Ah, and they got it. And they don't, they don't have anyone. And he's super, what, 2,600? Yeah, like He's so. just buried in price. So kind of interesting as a pivot off of Douglas in that game. TJ Hawkinson is cheap, totally fine. I get it if you don't want to play him because it's Jaron Hall, but he's interesting. And then if we get news that Drake London is out, like he's dealing with a groin injury, Kyle Pitts is 4.1 on DraftKings, 5.2 on FanDuel. Does Kyle Pitts tickle your fancy at all? Um, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I think he'd be in play at 4,100, but it's just a tough price to pay for a tight end that you can't necessarily rely on. So I think he's okay. I'd probably have him in the same range as these guys and Joku McBride, uh, Logan Thomas. And if you have the money to get up to him, do it. If like Drake London's out, but if uh, Drake London is in, I will not be playing Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I mean, it's they're tough clicks. None of the projections look good for tight ends, by the way, this week, just not even Mark Andrews, like tournaments. Fine. We're not going to play him in cash. Turd Ferguson, your boy, 
If you want to play him on FanDuel, he's 5.1. Finish off at defense. You and I have the same exact names. You play the Patriots against Sam Howell, who's on pace for 87 sacks. You play the Packers. If it's Brett Rippon, who is PFF's lowest graded passer this past week, he stinks. And then if you want to play the Giants against Aiden O'Connell, obviously you wouldn't play those two against each other, but those make sense. So that's it, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's some awesome uh, defense plays this week just because of the quarterback uh, state as a whole. So in cash, those are my three uh, favorite plays. Don't be afraid, though, in tournaments to get off the board if any of these uh, defenses are going to take a ton of roster percentage. Um, I think my favorite right now, if I, if I had the money, is the Patriots just with how often Sam Howe drops back. But if you need to save money, drop down to the Giants. Aiden O'Connell took a lot of sacks the first time he started a game. All right, we're going to take a quick break because I bet there's some people that have to pee. If that's you, you got that break, you press pause, you listen to the ad, whatever it was that was there and you had to go pee, thank me later, you know? <laughs> Subscribe to Betts' Patreon if you need to. Um, you can do that. <laughs> but let's talk about these games. Stack Attack. Betts and I are going to highlight three games that we think you can use for stacking purposes for tournaments this week. The first one is the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are three-point home favorites. The over-under is 47. That's been bet up. And in terms of game pace score, which I highlight in the DFS pass, I gave this one a 4.25 out of five, which is the highest of the week. We love Philly games because they average the fifth most combined points this year. And Dallas last week, man, they said, you know what? Let's come out throwing, which I'm sure you loved having, you know, Tony Pollard in cash. And you're like, why are they throwing the ball every single play? Like it was, I'm not gonna lie, it was a great game plan for the NFL. It was painful for DFS. But just to give you a stat, this is Jake Trivia Fantasy Points. I love this stat. The Cowboys pass rate over expectation in their first six games this year was minus 1.2%, but it jumped to plus 14%. That's the highest mark that they had uh, compared to last year. It's awesome. And, and Philadelphia's been giving up in the air. So this game sets up well with... Philadelphia's pace, them being an offensive juggernaut, converting drives, and Dallas saying, hey, you know what? Maybe throwing the ball is good. Like, that's what Mike McCarthy did on the bye. So what is your take and how you'd like to stack this game? Dude, McCarthy was just grinding on the bye, huh? Studying the analytics, just grinding the tape. (laughs) He he was looking at a Kellen Moore film. (laughs) Probably. He was like, oh, we actually have a really good quarterback. We should throw it more. Um, I love CeeDee Lamb this week, man. Uh, it's, It's such a good spot. We know Philly has talent in their secondary, but they are just getting destroyed. I mean, look at what Sam Howell did last week. Jahan Dotson literally did nothing the entire year. Comes out, has a career day against those Eagles. So teams are choosing to throw on Philly. So I love looking at Dak to have a ceiling game here, as we talked about. And when that happens, it's almost always going to happen with CeeDee Lamb, who, you know, is 8,200. He's expensive, but last week he showed us he deserves it. And you're coming against a matchup here, specifically in the slot, where CD lines up almost 64% of the time. Philly is allowing the second most PPR points to slot wide receivers this year. So on paper, this is a CD spot. Philly is weak across the middle of the field. I think you're going to see a ton of CD Lamb on crossers in stuff like that, where he's just picking up receptions over and over again. So I love CD this week, this week, whether it's in tournaments or in cash, he's a great play. Yeah. The common build is going to be really obvious. Like it's going to be Dak CD Lamb and then Brown on the other side, or 
Hertz and Brown, and then Lamb on the other side. If you do that combination, like the Philly stack with bringing back with Lamb, that is 50% of your salary right there. Like you need 100 points from those three players. So keep that in mind. Like it's not just as simple as I'm clicking these players, I'm moving forward, but these are going to be the two best wide receivers in terms of projection, Lamb and Brown, and they're the most expensive and they're going to have some of the highest roster percentage. So you, you can't really get cute here, but I love CeeDee Lamb. I love his price. So to get a little different, would you go Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and then add a third piece like Brandon Cooks or Turd Ferguson, who is tied with Travis Kelsey for the most red zone targets among tight ends? Like, is it adding a third piece from Dallas that gets you a little different? Yeah, real quick before we move to that, the issue with that too, if you play that combination, Dak, CD, and AJ Brown, is that you're forced to then play like Pop Douglas, uh, Chuba Hubbard, right. Singletary to make it work. So then you're Popular just playing guys. into all the chalk. So that's the downside. So I do think you need to find a way to get different in this game. I like Turdferg. Uh, we talked about him last week. He had a, an awesome spot. And if you're double stacking, he's a way to do it. I also think Michael Gallup's kind of intriguing as a dart throw he's just so cheap and i know the usage last week was so weird he actually split time with jalen tolbert and i don't know if that was like a uh we're blowing them we're blowing them out sort of thing right um or what but remember i think two weeks ago maybe three weeks ago it was that showdown slate he was he had like 10 11 targets and did nothing and i just kind of always keep those things in the back of mind like we know those guys are capable at some point of popping up no one's going to play him he's super cheap so He's in dart throw range for me if I am stacking deck. I mean, I, my best ball teams love, they love hearing that as my highest roster wide receiver. Michael, Michael Gallup. Gallup just goes out there and runs around every week. <laughs> he's, a, he's a cardio man. So yeah, I like that take. That's, that's a good one. Uh, what about on Philly? Like, can you get different? I mean, I, I liked Devonta Smith last week a lot as leverage. Um, and I actually played a lineup where I had Hertz, Brown, and Devonta Smith. So that one did fine, but it's just really hard to like say, I'm, I'm going to do something different. Like we always talk about skinny stacking hurts. So Goddard's very up and down, but we love that in DFS. Like he can be a key to this game too. So if you're stacking the Philly side, you're just picking hurts and one other option. Like you're not, are you double stacking hurts? Uh, I think you can on this slate because if like, let's say this game just pops off and goes for, you know, 60 points or whatever. And every other game with, Bajan and O'Connell and Rippin and whoever else just fails like you might need this game and you might need one of these quarterbacks so like that's the only thing I'm telling myself is I kind of I'm thinking about this slate being smaller like we do on Thanksgiving slates and sometimes and obviously that's an extreme you know comparison it's not just three games it's 10 games but on those slates you have to have the game that goes off and sometimes people think they need to get pieces from every single game to cover their bases so I think if you are going to play Hurts he's expensive you're and I talked about the rushing concerns you're talking about a guy that you need to go out and throw and throw for a lot of yardage and touchdowns and so I think he's probably bringing two guys with him so my favorite thing to do is I'm playing AJ Brown with him because AJ Brown uh and then actually double stacking him with Dallas Goddard who is right there with Devonta Smith in terms of usage but he's way cheaper and when I look at the tight end roster percentages we talked about the cash plays quote unquote you know it's going to be these Logan Thomases of the world David and Joku spend up a little bit and come down from Hawkinson, who's going to be very chalky. You're going to get a contrarian piece in Dallas Goddard. So I actually kind of like him as part of this game stack, whether it's the bring back on the other side or as part of the Jalen Hurts stack. 
can you use the running backs as leverage in this game? Because Tony Pollard, we always talk about the expected fantasy points. He has the second most 10 zone carries in the NFL and he has two rushing touchdowns. That doesn't sound very Cowboys-esque. Doesn't sound like Mike McCarthy, that was on his goals for the year. Instead, it's just been weird game scripts. And DeAndre Swift, it's like, he's been good. He's been consistent. Like in season long leagues, I think he's been a top 15 running back in like six of eight weeks. So you love that, but he might be asked to pass block more than normal when you have a pass rush that's as good as this. So I like the running backs as leverage from a game theory standpoint. I just, the the matchup's so overwhelming that like, what, I mean, what are you going to get? If you don't get two touchdowns from these guys, I feel like it's just not going to matter because there's other running backs that just project better on the slate. When you mentioned the leverage piece with Pollard, like right now I'm seeing 22% rosters. Gross. So like, and that might just be an early week thing. So like make sure you're because plugged in and see what happens because of the price, because of projection and, and the math. But like there's a human element to this, right? That people really want to keep clicking Tony Pollard and donating to our friends at DraftKings and FanDuel. I'm speaking to myself here. Uh, no, I don't want to keep doing that, especially in this matchup. So he's a play that I would like if he was 10% in, in tournaments. If he's 20, 22, 23, like to me, I don't necessarily think you're getting any leverage. I'd rather just play the Dak passing game here because I think it projects better from a game script standpoint. What if I told you that no RB1 against Philly has surpassed 60 rushing yards in a game? They've been they've been dominant. And like I said, teams just choose to throw on them anyway. So they're not really even trying anymore. Yeah, I I I, I like trust me, I love the game theory of saying, ooh, this is what everyone's gonna do. Let me do the opposite. But you run into a point where it just goes, this is just not smart. Just lean into the passing game. So give me your Vegas take. I like the over here, man. I think we're gonna see some points. I will take Dallas in the points. How dare you? Yeah. Very rude. <laughs> I mean, you could see it happen. Also, don't for, don't forget, Dallas lost to the Cardinals. How did that happen, by the way? Dude, every year in the NFL, there's like three or four games where you're just like, did that, was that real? Did that really just happen? It's, uh, it's what makes the NFL so fun. Yeah, it's like what Jason said the other day on the show. The Super Bowl champs just lost to the Broncos. Yep. That's, that's not good. Next game, the Frank Reich revenge games. The Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. This line is Indianapolis minus two and a half on the road, and the over-under is at 44. The game pace score is at three and a half because Indy, they're just fun, man. Number one in no huddle rate, ninth in points per play, and their games are just going off. So you kind of have to look at this matchup and figure out the game flow. Like, how is this game going to play out? Because Carolina came out last week after the bye and said, we're going to throw. and It was nice to see. It was nice to see Bryce Young actually put together a competent game. So how do you see this play out if you are stacking the Carolina side? Because the pieces are Chuba and Thielen. Those are like the obvious pieces. I don't know if people want to stack Bryce Young, but like those are the two that I think people will build around if they're correlating in this game. Right. I agree. And I think that's what the roster percentages will show. That's what the math likes from a projection standpoint too with those guys. But man, it's so tough to click the button on Adam Thielen at $7,500, which I get he's been great. Like averaging 11.3 targets per game, you really can't say anything negative about it. Um, the tricky thing is it's expensive and he's going to be popular. So, and Chuba will be popular, obviously, right? So like my lean is if I'm playing this game in tournaments, 
I don't know that I'm going to stack Bryce Young like you said. I just don't think we've seen enough ceiling in general. But because the pass rate has been up, you know, coming out of the bye week, which we talked a lot about that with Mike on the Dynasty show, um, there's more you have the light on, right? Like you, you weren't even considering DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo early in the year. At least now the light is on and it's possible for those guys to get there. I really like the spot quietly for both Chark and Mingo because of how vulnerable Indy has been to perimeter wide receivers, which is where these guys play. And you were on Rashid, Rashid Shahid last week because of his ability to stretch this defense and their perimeter corners are just so bad. So is DJ Chark this week's Rashid Shahid? I want to know the answer to that, Kyle, so I can win a million dollars. I love DJ Chark. I've always been a sucker for DJ Chark. You know that. Okay, you know. I'm in. Yeah, I think he's a great play for getting off Thielen, who's a bit expensive and, you know, just going to grind the tape real quick. Adam Thielen is a, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. He is a man coverage beater. That's that's what he's good at. <laughs> he is good at beating man uh, oh coverage. He's not great against zone, and the Colts play the highest zone in in football. So that's just where his targets have come from, and I'm not saying he's a bad play. I'm not saying that Adam Thielen is going to be one of those players that, you know, busts or anything because most teams play zone anyway. Like, I, I always try to throw out man versus zone stuff, but his are a bit more extreme, and Colts are an extreme defense against zone so uh bryce young has also been booty been terrible against zone coverage so i don't love this matchup if i'm just going by those i do love the running backs in this game because carolina is terrible against run the colts have allowed the most rushing touchdowns both running backs project really well so i think my favorite route to go is to just to take a piece of the running game and correlate with you know the wide receivers so you know if it's jonathan taylor and dj chark or chuba and Pity City, like that's the correlation that I like. What do we know about JTT and his injury updates since uh, The Athletic is apparently sharing your tweets with him? I mean, we're we're very close, me and, and The Athletic uh, writing staff. No, um, it seems fine. Seems that it was just more of a game script sort of thing for why he didn't really get the ball a ton in the second half last week. Uh, he came out and said no injury. He was not on the injury report earlier this week, so seems like he'll be fine. Um, I played him last week in tournaments. I thought he was an awesome, awesome play with Zach Moss banged up. But then Zach Moss came out and did what he did. And I don't think Zach Moss is going away. Like if he was just coming out and was performing terribly, like I think Jonathan Taylor by now, you know, four weeks into since he's been back, would be getting 20 touches a game. But Zach Moss has been good, man. So like I don't think you're getting I, that 25 carry performance that we've we've known to come and you know love from Jonathan Taylor. But can these guys get there on 13, 14 touches? I think they both can pay this off. So, like, I don't want to play them together, obviously, in the same lineup. But I think Jonathan Taylor is an awesome play. I think Zach Moss is a sneaky play Yeah, in this game. Carolina, dude, they are just so bad against their own. 31st in schedule adjusted points, allowing five yards per carry. That's second worst. 12 rushing touchdowns this year. That's dead last. And they're 32nd in rush defense EPA. And teams are choosing to run on Carolina for that reason, which is why... My CJ Stroud love last week failed and fell on its face. Um, and and in the red zone, man, that's what Indy wants to do. So I love the running game here. The tricky thing is it's two guys instead of one. So you're not going to get the touches that you want, but the matchup is certainly there. Yeah, I've had some issues with the pace of this game because it projects really well based on what's happened this year and based on what Carolina did last week. Where it's like, oh, their pass rate over expectation was up. I think the way this game is going to play out is that Indy is going to force their will 
in the run game. Bets, what if I told you that your boy Zach Moss leads all running backs in the NFL, not named Devon Achan, in rushing yards per game? I believe it. What? I mean, what? What? 84 yards per game. I know. <laughs> so I think Zach Moss is a sneaky play. I don't think I could do it in cash. But man, if one of these running backs was out, you would you would lock them in. This would be the matchup. Sure. Their price is awesome. So I think the way that I'm going to go in this game is if I'm going to use it, I'm going to use one of the Colts running backs, DJ Chark or Mingo and, or Chuba. And then I think you can still play Pity City, 9.8 targets per game. I think Josh Downs is getting to be a little more expensive. It's it's not as an easy click as it was, you know, weeks ago where we were playing him in 4K range. But in PPR leagues, it's like he just feels safe. And, and in Gardner games, he's getting like 23% of the target. So um, any other thoughts on this game? That's the thing is like I love the contrarian idea of trying to play one of the wide receivers here like you mentioned. I just don't know we're going to get a lot of volume for Gardner this week. Even though they're up in pace, they're just running so much and they're feeding both running backs. So like... I guess I can see it on Michael Pittman. Um, I think he's my preferred play, even though he's more expensive than Josh Downs. Carolina has been, by the way, like if you look at their, you know, per pass attempts, per play type stuff on defense against the pass, they're terrible. It's just that teams don't have to throw. Right. It's kind of like Houston last year, right? So it's a max one situation of those two. I don't think I'm playing Gardner this week personally. Um, I think if I'm forced to choose to be Pittman. So for me, it's the running backs and Pittman this week. Yeah, and I just want to reemphasize Chark and Mingo are out there all the time. Like last week, Chark was 93%, Mingo 99%, Terrace Marshall, two snaps. Don't ask me why, you know? he Could he be the greatest player in the league? I sure think so, but apparently they don't care about him anymore. So yeah, they, they went to 11 personnel last, last week. They came out of the bye and said, sweet. Also, man, we need to like keep taking unders on Hayden Hurst because... He's just we did last nothing week. now. I know we need to keep doing it. I put it in a reminder after the show. Let's look at Hayden Hurst because Tommy Trimble and they had some other guy named Sullivan running routes too. Some I don't know. guy named some Sullivan. other <laughs> Sully. Sully was running routes. I have bad news for you, Kyle. What? I don't see a line available. I think they got, they're on to us. They they got scared. They finally took it down. His was it his line like three and a half receptions last week? Yes. Oh, that was an easy under. Okay. Uh, give me your Vegas take. I think the under is in play, and I like the Colts. Yeah, I'll take Colts at two and a half for sure. If it's at three, a little different, but I will definitely take the Colts. Last game, Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens. I love these teams, man. Like These, these are two of my favorite teams in the NFL for fantasy purposes. Baltimore's six-point home favorite. The over-under is only at 43, so not great. And I think I I blame the Baltimore defense. I wish they were worse because there was a day where Baltimore used to get killed through the air and you could just kind of like have this back and forth. They're number one in points per game allowed, number one in expected points per pass attempt allowed, number one in sacks per game. So Baltimore's defense is killing us for fantasy because we want more points. Their offense, well, they're good too. Number one in 10 yard plus runs, six and 20 plus yard pass plays, big plays that's also what Seattle's kind of been. Like last year, Geno had all of those monster plays. They just haven't really connected a ton this year, but like their offense is predicated on big plays in the passing game. So I like this this game a lot in the way that it sets up. Lamar, 
This is another stat from Jake uh, Tribby from Fantasy Points. He has averaged a slate-leading 26.4 fantasy points per game as a home favorite since 2019. So it's going back a while. Lamar's a home favorite. He slays. I think he's a great play this week. What are you seeing in terms of roster percentage? Are people playing Lamar as much as they did last week? Uh, I don't think so, actually. I mean, I I think he'll be somewhat rostered just because no one really wants to click the gross names that are on the slate. But um, relative to Hertz and Dak, I think he's going to be third among that group, somewhere around 10%. Okay. Well, you know, I tried. I mean, you're going to get quarterbacks that are good, that are going to be seven, eight, nine, ten percent Doesn't mean they're bad chalk at all. I don't, I actually mostly ignore quarterbacks. If they're below 10%, I just say, I don't care who's the best play. So Lamar skinny stack is basically all we, all we ever recommend. It's Lamar, say flowers, Lamar, Mark Andrews. You could throw a dart at Bateman. I think he's still has a pulse maybe. But that's about it. Odell wasn't practicing either earlier this week, so who knows? The Gus doesn't bus, play either. He he doesn't actually like play. Like he he doesn't matter on the field. Nope. Every target to Odell this year is a losing strategy. I mean, they're all like prayer balls on the sideline, aren't they? I don't know, man. I got 15 million reasons to say that they still want to play him. <laughs> I mean, he'll be on the field, but like the, by targeting him instead of Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. It's hurting the offense, is my point. Okay, I'm going to ask a philosophical question. Is targeting Zay Flowers actually a good strategy for their offense? Because it feels like it hasn't been. The way they're using him, no. But he is my, the most talented, in my opinion, currently. He's a weird player, man. Like, super terrible little screen stuff, like Curtis Samuel type stuff, and then he'll get the deep bomb. It's kind of like DJ Moore. For a while, they screwed up DJ Moore in Carolina because they... He's really good at yak, which is what Zay's good at. But then he's also really good downfield. And so you end up not really using him in the intermediate area, which matters. So anyway, we're talking football here. Just a couple of, just a couple of dudes on a podcast talking we football. we got our helmets on, our shoulder pads on. We're just we're in the huddle this, this week. So how are you stacking the Baltimore side? Because last week it was use Gus Edwards as the wipeout pick. I got really fortunate in a tournament to say, I'm going to play Gus Edwards as the piece and I brought it back with Trey McBride. That felt great. I, I don't love this for the Gus bus. I mean, this has been a tough matchup for Seattle. So he's kind of been running hot on touchdowns alone. Doesn't get much passing work. So Gus feels like a, you play him if you want to chase last week, but I'm not super interested. Yeah, it's a tough matchup too. And he's banged up with the toe issue. I think he'll play, but just makes you you know concerned a little bit uh, coming off arguably the easiest matchup that exists against the Cardinals to one of the most difficult against the Seahawks doesn't give you a ton of confidence. I think my only real interest here from a tournament perspective is Mark Andrews because Zay Flowers is going to be chalky. You like Mark Andrews? Yeah, I do. Um, And he's like the only uh, tight end on the slate besides Hawkinson, I guess. Although with Jaron Hall, maybe not that can actually break the slate. Well, Dallas Goddard could, I guess, but Really, like a guy that could come out for 25 DK points. Can you name any tight ends that can actually do that on this slate? I don't think so, right? So, like, that's just a way to get different, and no one's going to play him. I mean, Kyle Pitts in his dreams feels like he could, but are there. Dude, Smith? what if Taylor Heineke is the key to unlocking Kyle Pitts? No, he's not. Okay. I, I, Taylor Heineke is <laughs> fun to root for. Uh, he beat your Eagles last year. It was him, right? 
Uh, it was Brian Robinson, but yes. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> there, there's, you know, there, there's a lot to like. Anyway, I think, I think it's just real simple. If I'm just going to stack Lamar Andrews, go overweight the field on that. I do want to give you some numbers because on DraftKings, this is the most expensive that this pairing has been the entire year. Like, you know, 6,800, 8,200. So that's $15,000 in your salary. So you need them to do a lot more than they've done in the past. And I went back through Lamar and Andrews have only 3X twice this year. Like, that's not great. That's not something you want to find out in a stack. But who cares? You just play them anyway. They're they're awesome. Lamar, I mean, a- Andrews is seeing 41% of their targets inside the five. He has the most tight end re- receptions inside the 10. So when they get in close, they use him, they throw. So Lamar, Andrews on that side. I cannot, for the life of me, play Walker or Charbonnet. They're like off my board this week. Walker is a touchdown or bust kind of guy. And that's it. So it's really simple. Like I'm just going to pick a wide receiver on the Seattle side, or I do not mind if you want a Geno double stack and bring it back with Andrews. I think that can work too. That makes sense to me. It's tough on the running backs, like you said, just because of the usage we saw last week. So you can't really go there. I mean, in tournaments, if you want to take a shot, like totally fine, but um, it's just, it's tough to go there in a matchup. That's really tough. So I guess Geno double stacks are fine, but kind of the same story right like they really haven't worked this year much at all my inclination here is to is to play lamar with mark andrews if i'm gonna stack and if i'm not stacking with one of these quarterbacks i just want to do like a little mini i like dk metcalf this week uh across from mark andrews or even just dk metcalf and get out of here metcalf's a guy that's he's been banged up you know he had the hip issue the rib issue the box scores don't look awesome but if you look at his targets, 9 and 14 in his last two games, just a 39% catch rate in those games. So like he's leaving a lot out on the field. And if he converts on those opportunities, he's going to smash this price tag, especially on Fandle. 7,200, very cheap for a Metcalf relative to DraftKings. Yeah, I like Metcalf. We might be talking about him a little bit later. Oh, but okay. Yeah, I think so with Gino, he's going to be pushed. And Seattle's kind of been one of those teams that you have to throw. Teams have to throw on the Ravens. Fourth most pass attempts in the league efficiency has not been good and with Gino last year remember he was so good because you're getting like two touchdowns every single game in fact 71% of his starts last year two or more passing touchdowns this year he has zero with three and multiple passing touchdowns just three times so I think we're due for a game from Gino at 6k where you can get there with with the build too you get to go Gino and let's say DK you can start there roster percentage is going to be low you bring in Mark Andrews, you're already having a different build than so many other people. You can get chalk at running back. You can play Kamara and Saquon, you know, add in some cheap places, pieces like a JSN. Like I just love the way that the build sets up. It's not that expensive and you know, they're going to have to throw. So matchup wise, it sucks, but we lean into volume. We don't really care um, where it goes. So uh, any last thoughts on this game? Uh, No, I think we hit everything. All right. Give me your Vegas take. I like the under. This game could be could be a snooze fest. I the line's good. I think it's a good line. <laughs> just pain. I can hear it in your voice. Just pain. I traded for Lamar. I had a doo doo week this past week in one of my home leagues. So I'm taking the over. What could go, go wrong? Just just wish cast it into existence, Kyle. 
That's exactly it. All right. Any other stacks or correlations you want to mention? I just want to throw out there that if you're playing the Saints game, you know, if you want to do Kamara or Olave or Rashid Shahid, I do not mind DJ Moore on the other side. I, I think he's think he's a fine play. Um, and then Cole Komet was targeted 10 times last week too. So there's a correlation there between Saints and Bears. Bears games have hit the over in six of eight. Saints have had a lot of plays, second in plays per game. So that game pace-wise makes a lot of sense. So if you want to correlate those plays, that makes sense. Yep, I like that call. Um, last week, I was big time into CJ Stroud. That did not work with those stacks. I think you can go right back to it this week, especially against the Bucks, because when you face the Bucks, they're a very good run defense and teams are choosing to throw. So last week, we saw a more run-centric game plan from Houston against Carolina, as we talked about. This week, I think we're going to see more CJ Stroud dropbacks, especially if Damian Pierce is banged up. So I'm back on CJ Stroud stacks for tournaments this week. Stack them with one of or both Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Then on the Tampa side, um, looks like no one's really catching a ton of roster percentage except for Rashad White, who, I mean, if he gives you like 10 catches, as we saw on that Thursday night game two weeks ago or last week, that's great. But the running is very inefficient, so I'm, I'm concerned about that. Mike Evans is looking right now, he's looking at 6%. Chris Goblin looking at about 3%. So contrarian options there in a game stack that I think could have some upside. Yeah, I like Evans. I wrote him up on FanDuel as a really good play as well. So th- that one I like a lot. Our Slate Breaker of the Week is presented by one of our best sponsors, uh, probably a friend to you and me. It is Nike Sweatpants. They are the sweatpants of the at-home podcaster and also the sweatpants that I've been wearing for two days straight. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. You know, you get in a little flow where you're working from home and... I, you know, are you slippers every day? Oh, every day. Really? Yeah. I'm wearing my, my tennis shoes right now. Just, you know, make, make sure I'm alive in the house, in the house. No way, dude. I'm a slippers kind of guy inside, but, but Nike sweatpants, I'm telling you, there's not much better than these feelings. So these have been through a lot and I, I really enjoy them. Bets, why don't you hit me? You put those pants through a lot. I mean, imagine if your life was you have to just be sat on forever. Anyway, <laughs> give me your, your slate breaker. Yeah, I think you're going to like this one. It's Chris Olave, um, who is 6,300 on DraftKings.com, 6,900 on FanDuel, and Alvin Kamara is what everyone's talking about this week for good reason. But we talked about it. Chicago is pretty good against the run. You can throw on Chicago. They're 26th in PFF path coverage grade. And this guy is still seeing a 28% target share, only one touchdown this year. And right now, the highlight on social media is the ball bouncing off of his face mask. We know he's a talented player. Give me Chris Olave. I don't know if there's something in life I could agree with more than what you've just said. My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yeah, it's, baby. It, it's time, dude. It is time for Chris Olave. When I logged on the dock, which once again, I was already logged on. I was sitting there waiting for you to type this. Chris Olave is going to smash this week. I love it. Call a doctor because I have, I have, I have <laughs> issues right now. All right. Mine is DK Metcalf. Oh 6,900 on DraftKings. 7,200 on FanDuel. 14 targets last week. He caught five of them. Wasn't great. But his last two games, a 30% targets per outrun. He is the alpha of this team. 
And if you've had him in season long, you're like, wait a second, has DK Metcalf been good? Because he's yet to have a week in half point leagues inside the top 20 wide receivers. Like it's not good, but he hasn't like been bad. You just haven't seen these monster blow up games. They're going to have to throw a ton. And his roster percentage is so low. Like nobody's playing this guy. I'm seeing under 5% on our site. And I've been on a couple other sites. I'm like, okay, maybe we're off. I'm seeing 3%. I'm seeing 2%. You know what? If you want to, I could see 1% because nobody wants to play DK Metcalf. They want to see it first. We don't care about that in DFS. So if you're stacking Geno Smith, if you're stacking Umar Jackson, I think DK Metcalf could break the slate. In fact, I'm playing both of these guys in the same lineup just because, because they both make me so happy. That's where you start each week, these two guys, and you, and you figure it out. I will say too, with uh, Metcalf specifically, if he is going to be 3 4%, something like that, this is an early window game where a lot of the roster percentage on the slate is going to be in the late window. So if you play Metcalf, and he goes off, and you have a contrarian piece early, you can swap onto some chalk late and feel pretty good about your chances of hitting a good score this week. So I like Metcalf for that early window contrarian piece too. Yeah, we always talk about late swap at using it you know, if you're behind. But if you start off well, you just ride that chalk. Last week, I had Christian McCaffrey in the lineup, and I, he, I figured he'd be chalk. I knew he'd be a good play, and you just kind of ride that wave because you know that the rest of the field probably isn't going to have them if they're up in a tournament. Um, because he's so expensive. So uh, keep that in mind with late swap, but one more segment. Prop it like it's hot. Betts and I mentioned that this past week in the DFS pass, we had quite the week with our props. We've been uh, propping it like it's hot, like we said. So Betts, give me your stone cold lock of the week. 10 unit banger straight to the bank. Rashad White under 49 and a half rushing yards. Now you said... I said, Kyle, let's get this out in the DFS pass officially. And you said, convince me on the show. So here you go. Yep. He's been under this line in five of seven games this year. Houston is allowing just 3.4 yards per carry on the season. That is tied for third best. The Bucks are three-point road underdogs against Houston, projecting a potential negative game script for Baker Mayfield. But what if I told you, mm. since their bye week, they've abandoned the run. They are second in the NFL with a 68% neutral pass rate. In that three-game sample since the bye week, not even trying to run the football anymore. He is averaging in the last three weeks under 10 yards, or excuse me, under 10 carries per game is Rashad White. So can he get there as a receiver? Sure. He's going to get there as a runner? Don't think so. I'm looking at my spreadsheets, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm like, huh, where are the bucks? Dead last in expected points per rush attempt. Yeah, I I do like that they just kind of be on the run and that he's inefficient. So a lot of that doesn't sit really well. Surprise the lines at basically 50 yards. So you have convinced me we can put this out in the past and the people can make their money. I, of course, will be a square and take an over because there's nothing better in life than taking overs only, over. Baby. Overs only for your boy, Kyle. I'm going to take Geno Smith. Perhaps you've heard of him because I talked about him for a while. The over on his pass attempts at 31 and a half Teams have to throw on the Ravens. I mentioned it. Fourth most pass attempts in the NFL for the opponents. And I looked over the last year in Seahawks games where they lost. Geno Smith is averaging 36 pass attempts per game. And right now they are a six point road dog. You can't run against Baltimore. They're not gonna be able to do it. So I like to lean into that. I don't love taking any over for fear of injury or anything else, but this makes sense given the game script, given my slate breaker, and given the fact that I'm on a hot streak. So let's just run with it, people. Let's just go with it. So Gina over 31 and a half pass attempts. Rashad White under 
49 and a half rushing yards. That'll do it for us. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. You can get in our DraftKings League, Fantasy Ballers DFS, Borg and Bets. Last week, Bets, I reserved a contest and I forgot to enter a lineup in it for oh, one no. of ours. Like a real dummy. I mean, I did. I did, had a good week, so. So you quite literally donated to DraftKings. Yeah, I, I just, it's my way of giving back to the community. Nice. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that'll be my uh, political stance when I'm giving my speech. Like, I've always just been someone who cares about philanthropy, like, I don't know, doting, donating to DK and to yeah, like, Hey, Kyle, have you done any uh, volunteering this year? Well, actually, I've donated my $12 entry this past week <laughs> to DraftKings, and I Jason, earned 100 crowns for it. Jason has done that more times than I, like, he will reserve a contest and then forget to put a lineup in later. It makes me laugh a lot that he just forgets. Anyway. Love it. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Hopefully you guys have a good week. Feel free to reach out to us on Discord and you'll get our best plays that comes out on Saturday. Bets, tell everyone bye. Yes, sir. Don't reserve a contest and forget to enter it this weekend, but hope you guys enjoy the football. It should be uh, interesting, to say the least out there. Good luck to all of you. We will catch you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.